Don't sell yourself short. I almost guarantee you with every person who's listening to this, you have some kind of skill, you have something in your background you could leverage in one way or another into an online product or course that others would pay for. Live your faith, build your business, and change your world. This is Live, Build, Change. Hey, Live, Build, Change community, glad to have you back for another one of our weekly episodes of the Live, Build, Change podcast. We are all about talking about and teaching ourselves how to live our faith in Jesus Christ in a radical, real, sold-out way, not just going to church, but living it day in and day out. We're about building a business that can change our world, and that's the change part. And that building a business part is something that could be on a very small scale, like side income that just fuels the paying off of your debt and putting you in a better position to be able to change the world. But either way, we're here to help in the Live, Build, Change community. Now, today, I want to talk to you about finances 101, essentially. It's some things I've been thinking through that actually are a little bit outside the box of what I was taught to think when I first was taught about budgeting and finances and things like that. And there are things that, I guess, thoughts that came to me as I was reading a classic book from the 80s called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It's by a guy named Robert Kiyosaki. And the book is written basically in two scenarios where Robert talks about growing up in Hawaii and he had his biological father who was a tenured professor at a university And this other guy, he calls his second dad, which was really his friend's dad. And he was more of an entrepreneur. And he talks about the different ways these two dads viewed finances and viewed getting ahead in the world and viewed things like jobs or companies and employment and those kinds of things. And the takeaway that I want to talk to you about today is this thing about how we view finances. Now, most of us have been taught, and I'm with you on this, this is how I was taught to think of finances, and this is how I have thought of finances up until the point I read Robert Kiyosaki's book, and it's this kind of a mentality. Okay, you've got income, and you've got expenses, and your goal is to ensure that your expenses are always less than your income, right? So you're making more money than you're actually spending. Okay, now that's wise, okay? I mean, that's the whole Dave Ramsey thing is you, you want to make sure your expenses are less. And if you do have debt, you want to pay it off really fast with that extra that you're making. And part of Dave Ramsey's whole shtick is to get an extra job to do that. And I've talked about that, having a side gig of some sort that brings in more revenue to pay off any kind of debt that you have. Okay, that's great. That's wisdom. That's good for as far as it goes. I feel like it doesn't go far enough now that I've kind of gotten these new ideas into my head. And the new ideas are that there's not just two columns on your financial chart. There's not only income and expenses. There's two other columns that you need to be aware of, and those are called liabilities and assets.
Now let's define each of these. We've got four columns, if you can picture this. And I'm going to make a graphic for this to demonstrate what I'm talking about, which you can see on the show notes page for this episode at libbuildchange.com slash six. That's the number six. You can see the graphic there. And there's these four columns. The first column is income. Now that's all the money coming into your monthly budget. Let's just call it a monthly budget for now. Give us something to talk about. And that's usually fueled by a job or any kind of business or entrepreneurial activities that you have, okay? Now, you've got also the expenses, and these are things that you have to spend to live, okay? So things like food, utilities. I would say a mortgage payment goes in there, even though it is technically a debt. Mortgage payment or a a rental payment, those are housing expenses. So I would see those as expenses rather than liabilities. Now, you've also got the column of liabilities, which I just mentioned. Let's talk about what is a liability, In my view, a liability is anything you're having to pay for on a monthly basis, on a recurring basis that is sucking income out of your finances and is not an expense. So think that through for a minute. It doesn't have to do with your living expenses, yet it's costing you money month after month after month. Can you think of things that go into that category that you're paying right now? Man, I can think of a lot that have been in my budget over the years. Car payments, credit card debt, anything like that that you're paying on a monthly basis that is actually sucking money out of your income. And it's not a basic living expense. Those are liabilities. And liabilities are exactly that. They are a liability to you. They're going to hold you back because there's things where you're, you're generally paying interest on them. The debt is very slowly going away because you're, if you're making minimal payments, those payments are just barely chipping away at it because you're mainly paying interest and not principal. Okay, so those are liabilities. Now, this fourth column that I want to talk about is really the one where I've had some brainstorms thinking this thing through, and that's the column of assets. Okay, now what are assets? Assets are things that generate income for you and require little to no ongoing work on your part. Now, keep this in mind. It's ongoing work, okay? Not that it won't require some work, at least initially. Some things that go into this asset category, can you think of what they might be? There's things like investments, okay? So in the stock market, in a company, in bonds, things like that, Uh, real estate, any kind of investments that actually generate income for you, like a rental property, Those are assets because they're bringing money into your income category more than the expense it takes to maintain that asset. Okay. So like what I mean by that is this, a rental property is going to require you to spend some money, some expenses to keep the property in good shape, to find new tenants, to evict people if you have to, to do repairs, you know, all those kinds of things. But if the income is more from that asset, then it takes you to maintain the asset, then it truly is an asset because it's adding income to your income statement. All right. Other assets could be a business or say an online course that you build. I'll just tell you a little story right here. I was blessed enough by the Lord to create an online course for the mortgage lending industry. Back when I was transitioning out of the pastoral ministry into the entrepreneurial space and trying to figure that whole thing out. I was becoming a loan officer and I took this test and I realized this test is really hard to study for. Even with a master's degree, it's one of the hardest tests I had ever taken in my life. And so I got the idea while I was studying for the test 
to create this video study methods course to help people pass the test. And it's full of all kinds of valuable material to help people who don't take tests well do well on this test. Okay, and so I created that particular course. It's been up for almost or a little over three years now. And that thing continues to generate money for me every single month to the tune of two to $3,000 every single month. And that's nothing to sneeze at, huh? Now, I'm not telling you that to impress you. I'm telling you that to impress upon you that when you have an asset built up, it definitely brings something beneficial to your life because that money is cash flowing right into my income column every single month. And I had to do a lot of work at the beginning to build that course. And I have to do work occasionally to tweak it when regulations change that affect the content that's in the course or when, like recently, I had a, one of the plugins on my website went bonkers and, and started putting wrong answers as right answers on the quiz. And so I had to figure that whole thing out and come up with a new plugin and figure it all out. And it's taken a considerable amount of time. But within three years, it's been very minimal amount of time overall that I've had to, to put into that. So that's definitely an asset. Now, a business, just a normal business can be an asset as well if you are building the business in such a way that it can run without you involved in it most of the time. So you've got managers, you've got uh, contractors, you've got people in place, a team that runs the particulars of the day-to-day operation, and you just kind of give it some oversight. That kind of a business is definitely an asset because it's bringing income into your income column but it's not requiring this ongoing heavy level of work that say a nine to five job would. So let's go back and review. You've got these four columns. You've got income, expenses, liabilities, and assets. And yes, you want to keep your expenses well below your income and you want to avoid taking on liabilities and you want to build assets. The natural question becomes, how are you going to build assets? I mean, no, we don't have money trees growing in the backyard and most of us don't receive an inheritance from a rich uncle or something that's going to give us money. We can start building assets. How do you do that? Well, the first way is like I've been talking about with that video course, you figure out a way to take your experience, take your expertise, take the knowledge that's already in your head and create something that other people will see as being valuable enough that they will exchange money to purchase that thing that you've created. That's really what the free enterprise system is all about, is you create something that another person will freely give you money for because they see it as being valuable to them. That's exactly what this course is that I've described to you. So there's a lot of people I talk to who say, well, I don't have anything in my background that that is specialized enough or important enough that I could build a course out of it. and, And there's nobody that would really want that. Let me just tell you, Don't sell yourself short. I almost guarantee you with every person who's listening to this, you have some kind of skill, you have something in your background that you could leverage in one way or another into an online product or course that others who are further back on that road of expertise than you are would pay for. I guarantee you there's something you could do. And if you're interested in coming on this podcast, you know, recording a session with me, where you and I kind of brainstorm where you've been in life and the kinds of things you could create to be online things that could generate those assets for you coming into your income column. 
hey, I would love to do that. You can reach out to me, Carrie, C-A-R-E-Y, at livebuildchange.com, and we can just record a brainstorming session. You don't have to be all polished, and you don't have to know anything about the online internet space right now. It would just be a great example, a great case study for us to talk that through for everyone else to listen. I believe you would benefit from it, and I think lots of other people would benefit from it. So if you're interested in that, you know, give me that email, shoot me that email, and let's talk. All right, back to the issue of those assets, okay? Now, the other way, which would be like stocks or buying real estate or, or purchasing mortgage notes or all kinds of things that can fall into that asset category, those do require some upfront money initially, don't they? And, and by the way, let me backtrack here for a minute. The course thing is going to require some upfront money too, but it's minimal. I mean, it is it is minimal. I mean, for $150, $200, you could have that course online. So don't let the money keep you from, from thinking uh, that there's something you could do because you could. You could get it done with just a minimal investment. Now, th- these other kinds of investments, back to the investments I'm talking about, the real estate, the things like that, those do require money. So how do you get the money to do that? Well, there are people out there who would tell you you use other people's money. So you get you get partners, so to speak, who come in with the financial part, and then you're going to do the other part. Hey, that is a valid model. That is something that can be done. But in my mind, at this point in my in my journey, at least, those are risky ventures because, especially when you're starting out, because you're developing your skill and you're taking someone else's money to do that with. And and to me, that's risky because you're you're putting their money at risk. You can't guarantee them a payback. And let me just say this, in any kind of uh, investment or, or thing like that, you can never guarantee the money, but you can at least have some skills built up where you feel pretty confident that you're going to get the return for that investor. Okay. So that whole thing is one way to do it. I don't recommend it, at least not right now in my journey. I, I would not feel comfortable doing that because I, I don't have the skill in those kinds of areas like real estate and things like that to make sure that I would be able to get a return for my investors. But there is another option. There's something else that you can do. Now, if you think about those columns we talked about, if your income is higher than your expenses, you're going to be having at least a small amount of what we might call excess income every month. Now, a lot of people have the idea, well, you just throw that into savings. That's good. You should have an emergency fund. Dave Ramsey talks all about that. I'm not going to go into that whole thing. But an emergency fund only needs to be so big. And once you've got that emergency fund set up, what are you going to do with the rest of that money? Well, that's where you start taking those funds and you put them maybe into a savings account initially, but that savings account is earmarked or designated to be your asset building account. And when you get a certain amount that you feel good about, you research and you decide, where am I going to put this, that it can start generating asset money for me, income for my monthly income. Am I going to put it into a rental property? Now, that's going to take a pretty sizable chunk of income to be able to have enough excess over time to buy a rental property. So you want to think that one through. Maybe it's stocks, maybe it's some bonds, maybe it's mutual funds you want to start investing in. And all these things have their level of risk. And I must throw in a disclaimer here. I am not a financial advisor. I'm just thinking through scenarios right now. 
So if you're going to do any of these things, hey, get professional advice from people who can really help you. If you need a financial advisor, I've got a client who would be a great fit for most people who listen to this podcast. So just just let me know about that and I can make that referral. But you want to start putting that excess, once you've got your emergency fund in place and your debts are paid off, you want to start putting that excess toward assets. And for me, you know, right now I'm investigating the concept of mortgage notes. I know very little about it at this point, except just the basic content of what it is, but it's something I could get into with a smaller amount of money, say $5,000, $10,000. And I know that doesn't sound small to a lot of people, but, but if you've paid off all your debt and you've got your emergency fund built up, you've got this excess income potentially that can accumulate over time and you'll have $10,000 much faster than you think you will. So if I could put $10,000 into a mortgage note or into some other investment that can then start generating more income, then every month my extra portion that's above my expenses is going to be bigger than it was before. And so I'm going to have more money little by little over time to put back into that investment or that asset category rather. And then it's going to fuel my income, which will then get larger again. And you see where this is going. You're setting up a funnel of sorts that is fueling assets that are generating money into your income column so that your income is growing. Your monthly income is growing. Now, let me just say a lot of people are really tempted at this point to let their expenses creep up and match their income. They'll say, oh, I can afford that car payment now, or I can afford that whatever now. We see my take on this, and I believe it's a pretty biblical take, is that you can't afford it unless you can buy it in cash, and it does not affect you, financially speaking. So in other words, you're able to pay cash for that thing, and it doesn't dip into your monthly expenses. It doesn't affect the assets that you've already determined you're going to be building. It's just extra money that you truly can do that. Or it's something you've earmarked for that and you've planned towards saving the money for it. Those are times when you can really afford something. So be careful. Now, I understand as your business grows, your expenses are going to grow. You're going to have business expenses and things like that. And that's all par for the course. But again, your assets from that business should be generating more income than the expenses are costing if that makes sense. Now, this is all just stuff that's on top of mind for me. I'm thinking all the time now about good stewardship of the income God has given me is not just paying all my expenses and saving a little. That's not what good stewardship is. That qualifies as good stewardship, but that's not all it is. Good stewardship is also avoiding liabilities and building assets. And as those assets grow... I'm able to grow more assets, which then creates more income. And then I'm able to start thinking about changing the world with the money those assets are generating to my monthly income. I hope this all makes sense to you. I'd love to hear your comments about it. Go into the Facebook group at livebuildchange.com slash FB. 
and leave your comments. Ask. I'll probably be posting the audio for this episode in that Facebook group. Just go underneath in the comments and, and make your comments. Ask your questions. I'll throw in ideas that you've had come to mind. Maybe we'll have some people who are professionals as financial advisors or accountants or things like that, and they can jump in with some professional perspective on some of these things. But this whole thing of four columns to your financial picture, you know, you've got the income, your expenses, your liabilities, and your assets. I want you to start giving that some thought. Look at the graphic that I put on the webpage at livebuildchange.com slash six, and that's the number six. And give this some thought and go into the Facebook group and share your thoughts and share how this might look in your scenario. And I want to remind you, if you're interested in coming on the podcast, recording a session with me where we just brainstorm your situation to figure out what kind of assets you could build to put online and start generating cash for your income column, hey, I'm all for it. Give me a shout, Carrie, C-A-R-E-Y at livebuildchange.com. This has been the Livebuild Change Podcast. I will see you tomorrow morning for the Morning Mindset Edition.